Welcome to another episode of the Lazy Moms Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me. He is one of the top motivational speakers and team coaches. He is one of the world's top basketball trick artists, and you may have seen him on TV, film, and international tours, and also on his um, reality series online called The Jesse LeBeau Show. Today, we have Mr. Jesse LeBeau on the show. Thank you for joining me, Jesse. Yay, we did it. I'm excited. It's the Lazy Mom podcast, but I just feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like you know moms are the busiest uh people (laughs) in the world i don't know how lazy they are so i'm excited i'm excited (laughs) yes i wish we could be lazy (laughs) (laughs) there's no time for that at all there is no time depending on how many children you have or even just one i would like to meet a mom who can sit around and just not do anything because there's always something to do from birth until teenage years until the adulthood so um that's why i thought of this play on words on the um on this podcast just because of that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i love it i love it it shines through bright i uh yeah i'm like okay this will be good this will be good let's hear more about this <laughs> i really am happy you're here because you what we're going to talk about can really help moms with older children i know i have younger children but we are creeping up on the teen years and um one of the things that you do like i said earlier when i introduced you was you are a motiv- uh, youth motivational speaker a lot of what you talk about is just to empower the youth and just kind of build up their winning spirits and mindsets so that's really what i wanted you to come on and talk about and just kind of help parents and me as I am inching towards (laughs) the teen years with my children. Like, how do we do that, especially with everything that's going around in the world and people they've come in contact with or things that they see? You know, it's, it's difficult sometimes as a parent to not tell your kids, but to have them believe that, you know, your story can really be something that can uplift you and uplift other people. So yeah, Jesse, you've got the floor. Yeah, I love that so much. You know, um, we work with kids in a teen program. We have a school program, then we have another program that parents um, who want some outside help, and we coach their kids and them for 90 days. And we get messages every day. And one of the very common messages that we get is that my my child isn't a teenager yet, because teenagers is kind of where we focus on, but they're 11 years old going on 30. They're yes. 11 year old <laughs> going on 17, going on 25. So that's something that we hear all the time. And I believe, and I think we've all seen that, that kids are growing up so much faster now because we have the internet, we have phones, we have YouTube, and they're seeing all these things. And in some ways there's some awesome things with that. And just like anything, there's the other side of the coin. And, yes. and it, it really is sad to see kids innocence um taken at a, a younger age but so yeah we have some awesome stuff to to talk about today um but not just for teens for even the ones with the younger because kids are growing up so fast in our modern world yeah it's that it, it, it's something and and um when i started my career as a speaker um 10 years ago i totally didn't plan on traveling around and speaking at high schools and middle schools and and doing all these fun things i was just into basketball but when i started high school was kind of the sweet spot mm-hmm. that's where kids were going through the the difficult things where they make the decisions to put them down one road or another so mm-hmm. are they hanging out with the right group of friends are they are they choosing the right things to do and to not do that are setting them up because one bad decision can send your life in a in a spiral in, in the wrong direction and yeah. i don't like to have the scare um like tactics that's not my story i didn't fall off the wagon and become a, a drug addict and hit rock bottom i didn't lose an arm and then win an olympic medal <laughs> i just was an underdog who was underlooked uh overlooked and underestimated and i went for it and in order to have any chance at having any level of success and achieving my goals and dreams 
I had to do all the right things. I had to get good grades mm -hmm. so that I could have a better chance at getting a basketball scholarship. Mm -hmm. Then I had to work harder and I had to get up earlier and those types of things. So as much as I love those stories that many of the my peers in the speaking business have, um, I don't want that for kids. I want them to not have to hit rock bottom, to not be self-harming, to not be going down the, those places that they don't need to go and feel that pain and loneliness and lack of hope. Um, so that's that's kind of my hope with it. But yeah, I can give you um, a, like I do a whole like hour long talk on this, but I'll give you like a two or three minute version. I'll keep it short. Okay. Um, <laughs> my background, my my story is I grew up on a little island in Alaska mm -hmm. and I took a boat every day to get to school. Wow. Um, it was totally normal because I didn't know anything else at the time. So our little island didn't have roads, didn't have stores, didn't have cars. It was wow. our house surrounded by the woods, wild animals. Um, and then town, you know, we're going to town to go to school. My, my mom was a school teacher, so to, she was also going to school. Um, it was one road going left, one road going right, four stoplights, 15 miles of road, and then a fence on either end. And you were trapped there. So you were in this isolated place. Um, and because of all that, and because it was dark almost all the time, you'd go mm -hmm. to school, be dark you get out of school, be dark. And it rained so much where I was at uh, the most Southern part of Alaska. It oh. rained 13 feet a year, which is like three times the amount of Seattle. Um, two out of every three days, we called it liquid sunshine. So it was just oh depressions. Alcoholism was a big thing in a little community. There's more bars than there was churches. Uh, and it was partially because you don't see the light for okay. a, a lot of time. And so you, it affects you. Um, but for me, the thing is I felt trapped, isolated. I didn't have the opportunity to go and do the things that I want to do with my life. And for me, that was basketball. So loved basketball. My older brother was my, was my idol. He was nine years older and like the high school basketball star in town. And the problem for me is that I was the shortest, smallest kid, smaller than all the girls by far. So as I was pursuing this dream and this goal, there was a lot of people along the way, and I have some pretty funny stories of kids doing some pretty um, n not kind things, bullying me and telling me that, you know, I was an idiot if I thought I was ever going to achieve those dreams. And the big realization, the big moment for me was I realized the one thing I could control, and I, I threw this on today, is uh, attitude. Attitude is everything. It was my That's attitude. I couldn't control being short, living in a small, isolated place, what other people were saying that was negative and trying to tear me down. But what I could control was yeah. what my attitude was gonna be and what yeah. actions I was gonna take with that attitude. So yeah. that was a huge learning lesson. And I really credit my dad for just, uh, just beating this into my head through sports of like, hey, it doesn't matter win or lose. It matters how do you respond when things aren't going your way. Mm -hmm. Because anyone can have a good attitude and be a great person when everything's going good in sports and in life. But right. when you're on tough times, when you lose, when you drop the catch, when you don't hit the game winning shot, when you make the turnover, what do you do in that moment? Mm -hmm. And he would have me watch older players and we'd see some of them, they would do the right thing. Others, they would blame the umpire, blame the referee, yell at their teammates, throw their bat, you know, walk off the field. Mm -hmm. And that was like, oh, this is the difference between someone who's going to be successful in the bigger picture, the bigger game, their lives. So mm -hmm. I I worked really hard. I, I would get up at every morning at 5 a.m. I'd take that boat across the town. I'd walk up to a, a school and the janitor, Larry, would open up the gym for me and I'd practice just hour after hour after hour. I was nuts. I was totally just obsessed with basketball wow. and just being a workaholic and, and having fun at it too. Um, I was able to have a great high school career to go to college, get a scholarship. And, and then after that, I ended up in LA doing basketball commercials because they didn't expect the little guy to come out and do He's all so this. Good, right? <laughs> yeah. The thing that was my weakness, the way I looked being undersized, I kept getting these roles for high school basketball player while I was still in my twenties and later in my twenties. Um, and so I got to do them with Kobe Bryant. Um, Dwight Howard, all kinds of, my very first thing was with uh, Akon, Dr. Dre, Big Sean. I got to be hand-fed cheeseburgers by Heidi Klum for a day. Wow. Junior. I got to be in TV shows. Uh, I got to be in movies like Thunderstruck with Kevin Durant. 
I got to be in all these street ball professional games on TV, travel all over the world, be teammates with Allen Iverson, my, my idol growing up, um, and all of these things because of basketball. And it was the thing that everyone, not everyone, there was people that were supportive, but the thing that a lot of people would tell me that I would never be able to do was that basketball, that stinking basketball that allowed me to do it. So that really led me to this light bulb moment of getting in front of kids, playing in games. And we went back to Ketchikan, Alaska, where I'm from. And we did this game and we raised some money, I think, for the, the high school. Um, and it was so fun. And the kids lined up just like they did everywhere around the world with Allen Iverson and these games. And it just hit me in a different way because I knew a lot of these kids' families. I knew their um, parents. I knew their brothers or sisters in some cases. And I was like, I got to do something more to help them other than just entertain them with a basketball for an hour. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I can share my story and learn how to be a speaker. I could write books. I could do these different things, have programs. And I wrote it all down in my phone, actually, on the flight out of there. Um, and that's been what I've dedicated my life to since. And it's been just an incredible journey where I had this dream of being in the NBA. And I at some point figured out, hey, you're not good enough to be in the NBA. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. But I pivoted and tweaked from that dream and found something that allowed me to help other people and be more fulfilling and also include basketball. Because I do that when I go to the schools, I'm, I'm doing tricks, I'm playing one-on-one -on -one with the kids and it's just a tool to engage them and then get them actively listening. So hopefully that my message will resonate with them. And the one thing I've learned is that almost everyone can relate to being an underdog. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter your background, what you look like, what's your family's history. It, people have something that they're like, oh, this is my underdog. It's a speech impediment. It's the it's a, the way they walk. It's it's their anxiety. So it's been a, it's been an unbelievable journey that I never thought that uh, I'd be on, and I'm just so grateful for it every day. That is so awesome. That's definitely an inspiring story to like just start with people telling you, yeah, oh, you're probably not going to make it, but then you do, maybe not in the NBA, but really your love for the sport, you did make it because now you're using that sport to really reach the kids. And that's yeah. like the biggest thing is meeting the kids where they are. A lot of them are into sports, they're into movies, they're into just all these different things. And if you just come straight away of talking about them, it's just like, ah, oh, that's just another adult. But if you start with, like you said, piquing their interest in some way in the basketball or just talking about your story and it's like, oh, okay. And then that's yeah. how you, you hook yeah. them and then they're there to listen <laughs> to yeah. the rest of it. So that's really awesome to like, yeah. you know, align basketball to to what you do now. That is, that's, that's a really great story. Sports are a great um, tool to mm -hmm. teach lessons to kids. Um, and it's one that I see so many parents miss the whole point of it because they yes. care about winning and losing, being starting on the team, winning the, the, you know, the state championship. And all those things are great and important. And trust me, sports are a lot more fun when you're winning. Yes. But <laughs> as someone who had a pretty successful sports career, I lost way more than I won if we're going to look at all the wins and losses mm -hmm. and it's what those things teach you about yourself. And, you know, I go to these games, uh, I'm nearby my nephews right now who are all into sports and the parents are crazy into it at 13 and 14 years old. Every parent thinks their kid is going to be a pro major leaguer, pro basketball player, all, all these yes. different things. Most of them aren't, some of them may, but they're not focusing on the attitude aspect and the lessons of working hard, being mm -hmm. a teammate, what to do when you don't make the team, you know, or you aren't getting play in time. Do you blame the coach? Do you blame the other players? Or do you go, huh, maybe it could be the fact that I'm not practicing at all anytime outside of just ordinary practice. Yes. Because you can't you can't complain if you're like, oh well, why isn't this happening? It's like, well, you gotta work harder. And there are always exceptions and unfair situations, but for the most part, if you start teaching your kid now, like, well, just blame other people and then you have an excuse, you're gonna do that in all the other areas of your life. And we kind of see that on a, on a huge scale today with, with people, especially in the college age, entering the real world kind of time of life. Yes, we do, because these kids feel like, oh, you've gotta 
not you got to, but like, oh, I'm going to make it. It's like, no, it takes hard work and dedication. If you don't have that, um, let's not expect that you're going <laughs> to that you're going to be this hot shot. Like it takes a lot of motivation and just dedication. That's that's one of the things I try to teach my kids. They are very competitive yep. oh, <laughs> and great, they play great. soccer and it's when oh, they wow. lose, especially my son, when he loses, it's like, why do we lose it? And I try to teach him it's okay to lose as long as you tried your best. So if you didn't play your best, then yes, be angry, but not at anybody else but you. But if you played your best and your team still lost, you should feel happy because it's like you guys did try your very best. Like, that is, there's so much new research that just came out on that about praising effort versus praising results. And it's not just for the kid who's struggling and maybe not getting good results. It is for them too. And it, it really uh, impacts their progress and their ability to go for it and see big results in their life but mm -hmm. also for the kids who things come kind of naturally for so the ones who are naturally kind of smart and do good in school who maybe have a um, a talent for sports or music or theater or whatever the, the thing is when you're praising the outcome it's like oh yeah and they could do that without having to try hard and push themselves but when you praise the effort now all of a sudden it flips that paradox and it causes them to actually push and, and, and push themselves to get better results. So you're 100%, whether knowingly or just kind of your natural instinct, doing the right thing by praising effort. And uh, that's a big one for parents. Oh, thank you. Yes. I always say, you know, it's great to win, but <laughs> it's best to try. That's the most important thing. And they're always like, no, we've got to win. I'm like, no, you don't. You're not going to yeah. win all the time. But as yeah. long as you put in the effort, that's what I'm happy about. Instead of yeah. just coming in thinking, oh, we're going to win or I'm going to get the best grades or whatever. No, just think I've got to work for this. And then when you do work for it, you get it great. If you don't, still great because you tried. So, yeah, yeah. What are what are some of the biggest like things that you see parents or teens struggling with in your world, whether it's the kids in your community or, or school or the listeners from your conversations and kind of back and forth with them. Is there anything that's kind of standing out to you that, that you see like, oh, this is kind of something that a lot of kids are struggling with or a lot of parents have questions about? Um, I know from, I mean, my kids are younger, but it's, it's hard because a lot of kids, I feel like they, they see what's on the internet or like how other kids are doing and they kind of the comparison thing and that is so hard because you want your kids or even you know your friends kids or your your family members kids to just be happy in who they are and it's so hard because well nowadays they have access to everything um with the internet and everything social yeah. media and all of that so it makes it so hard for them to just be happy with who they are and be happy with what they've accomplished when they're like, well, look at that kid or look at that person. They, they went and did that. They went and they won this. They did that. It's like, okay, that's, that's that person. You're yeah. you, your story, like, like how, um, for your story, like your story is just as special as anyone else. And you have yeah. to use who you are to motivate you, not look at what this other person is doing and say, well, that's where I'm going to be. It's like, no. You don't have to be them. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aren't you grateful that you grew up in the time that you did? Yes. As now I, I think about that <laughs> every day. It is so much different and so much harder for kids and parents and just humans. Like, like that comparison thing that you're talking about. Most adults, I don't have that down. I had to about three years ago go and unfollow about four or five hundred people that I was following um, on Instagram. Put in systems on my phone that only allowed me to go on 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, and completely removed that because I, as an adult, was being affected by comparing myself to other people. Why does he have a, a million followers? Why why is she getting that TV show? Like I've worked harder, mm -hmm. I'm more talented, I paid my dues, I went to school for this, I'm out there actually living it and doing it. But in life, sometimes things are just lucky. You know, sometimes you're LeBron James' friend and you get to be his manager and his agent and you get to build an empire. 
Now, yes. I'm not saying that he didn't work really hard, and I'm not saying he didn't have a lot of chips against him. I just saw a thing with with um, with his buddy there the other day. Mm -hmm. But if I was thrown in that situation, I would have hopefully made the best of it and been able to do some pretty cool things too. But back to our thing, do you like what's the attitude? Do you go and blame other people or be jealous of them? And that's what I found myself doing. I was like, I would be frustrated that I wasn't hitting these levels of success that I saw mm -hmm. friends that were around me. And and especially when you see other things about their lives and you're like, oh, they're kind of, they're kind of a hypocrite or they're kind of, you know, uh, being a little bit shady with how they're presenting themselves on the internet. So right. I, on what you said, this thing with the phone, I've been thinking about this so much lately. I'm actually putting together a whole thing just for this. But I think that one of the biggest things parents can do to help their kids is to help them build a healthy relationship with their phone and with social media. If they can do that, they can transform their kids' lives because you're right. Kids are watching videos. They're seeing what other people are doing. They're comparing themselves to, to those other people's highlight mm -hmm. reels. It's affecting their self-esteem and their confidence, which is the biggest thing that we work on with the kids in our programs is building that confidence so that they believe in themselves. They can stand mm -hmm. on their two feet without mom and dad having to come and rescue them for the rest of their lives. And to me, if you don't put in systems to handle your phone and social media, then you've already lost. Because I don't know any human alive that I, I've met that can basically just have the discipline and self-control to not go watch these videos that just scroll forever that are funny, oh that are you're into fly fishing. Man, I could go watch all the coolest fly fishing videos all the time. And that's the thing that just kills me and makes me so sad is I, I would take uh, calls with moms. I did it for two years, about 15, 10 to 15 calls a day. So I heard just about every situation that you could imagine. And these moms are just wanting their kids to be happy. They're just mm -hmm. wanting them to be confident. They're just wanting them to make friends. They're just wanting them not to be in their room depressed and withdrawn. Mm -hmm. And it just breaks your heart to hear these things. But if these kids don't put in a system that says, hey, this is how much you can do. This is what your relationship's gonna be. Here's gonna be the consequences. If you don't hear is how you earn your phone. And here's the reasons why it's good. And here's the reasons why social media and your phone are bad, because it's not just having rules. It's having them understand it so that mm -hmm. they want to do that when you aren't enforcing it. Because at some point they're going to turn 18, they're going to turn 19, they're going to turn 20 and they're going to go off on their own. And if like you just protected them and put up these walls and they didn't have it for themselves, then they'll just go right into it and they won't yeah. know how to manage and have balance and realize like, oh yeah, when I do do that for an hour, I don't feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. I am comparing myself to other people. I do feel like I wasted my time. And, and that's what I was gonna say is it just breaks my heart to see how much time these kids are wasting yes. on that will never help their life and only, and only hurt it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be great at basketball. I put the 10,000 hours in, right? And I couldn't have done that if I was scrolling on my phone, seeing what my friends were doing, being um, bummed because people are hanging out without me. And kids are ruthless, you know, they, they could be ruthless at, at, at this age. So they're gonna tag things so that you see that they're there and you weren't invited because they wanna hurt your feelings. Yeah. And clicks. So the, the thing that really impacted me was seeing the people who created these things these these facebook you know instagram these different things they're the same people who built casinos like the algorithms and the things that dopamine hit your brain get you addicted they're, and they don't let their kids use these programs on their and phone that and is the phone. craziest thing it's like they know that it's so bad yet they're going to create it so you and your children can be stuck on it which is crazy yeah, to me yeah yeah <laughs> So for you or any, um, you know, any parent listening to this, any mom, or if there's any dads in the mix, mm -hmm. get some systems. The first thing you should, you should watch with your kids, two, two shows, two kind of like documentaries, The mm -hmm. Social Dilemma on Netflix. Mm -hmm. That one was pretty popular and a lot of people have seen it, but there's another one called Childhood 2.0. It's on YouTube. Um, it was put out by a company called Bark that has different services that help you monitor what's on your kid's phone. 
because it will absolutely scare the crap out of you when you see what's going on, what they have access to, when they create a new account, how quickly predators and these these people pretending to be kids are coming and trying to talk to them. It's it's it'll scare the heck out of you. So watch those, watch them with your kids and have a conversation. All right, what did you think of that? What did, what did you learn? What like what do you think is good about social media? What do you think is bad about social media? And let them talk and I, and actively listen. And I think you'll be surprised by a lot of their answers of like, yeah, actually, I don't think it's as good as maybe you think that they think it is because they're on there all the time. But wasting time, like you could learn. Uh, so here's something that I do when I go and I speak. Sometimes, sometimes I'll, uh, I was just in Chicago and uh, had the kids from like, I think it was 10 different schools all, all in one place. So a pretty good cross section of kids. Mm -hmm. uh, hold up your phone. All right, cool. Everyone's got a phone. Go in there and let's see how much time you spend on average a day on your phone. How many times do you pick it up on average a day? It is sickening. Like it is literally sickening. There's, kid, there's kids on the most extreme end over 20 hours a day. I think they must be like falling asleep with it on YouTube or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, cra crazy. But how are you ever gonna get good at a sport, get good grades, know how to have friends and relationships? With that time, you could become, you could learn multiple languages. languages. Like I did the math for like the, like kind of the average, like I think it was around six to eight hours. It's literally a 40 hour work week. It's oh literally a 40 hour work week that people are spending on their phone. now. I love taking a break. I love staying in touch with people. I love escapism, but your whole life can't be an escape. You got to mm -hmm. do things. So that that's a big one I've been really like passionate about, as you can tell, is like, man, and I'm like, if I would go back and I knew what I knew today, I would have such a competitive advantage in all the things that I wanted to do because I could not waste all my time watching what other people's fake lives are. Right. And that's really what it is. It's all fake but to you it's like well to the kids I should say it's like oh my gosh they have this they have that I think my son did that once because they like to watch like this family they're they have you they have like the kids YouTube so they can't watch like the adult stuff but um they do have like families who have YouTube pages and he's always like well why do they get to do this and I'm like it doesn't matter what they get to do we also do fun stuff too <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, remember when we did this and that? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. What they're doing is for the cameras. I am highly certain that once these cameras are off, they're not doing everything that you guys continue to look at. And they're like, really? Like, yes, really? <laughs> and I think kids are starting to get that. I think they're starting to be like, oh, yeah, that's just like more more than I thought. Because that was one of my biggest fears in, in the past couple of years, people had asked me like, you know, what is like the biggest concern coming up? And it was like, I feel like kids don't know how to tell that the information that they're receiving is valid or not. Whether it's about what's happening in the world or politics or anything, there's so much things that people create that are just wrong or, or, or ill-informed. Mm -hmm. And the kids will just take it as, well, it says it on the internet. You know, if we go on the internet, I'm worth $40 million or, or so it's like, well, the internet says that it must be true, but right. where's it at? You know, right. I, I, I'm looking for it still. That is so true. It's so hard to teach them, not to teach them, but because the internet is just so wide and out there, like it's really important for us to be able to just tell them that, you know, this it's not, it's all show and just fluff. It's not real. You've got to understand that your life is as good as what you see out there and yeah. you've got to be happy with that so yeah and I think that's the biggest thing that parents have now because of the access to so much info it's like information overload like I don't I don't remember this when I was younger because, well because they didn't have it wasn't that easily accessible when I was young so <laughs> yeah 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 but isn't that funny there wasn't it, that's a question I ask a lot of, I'll, I'll do these types of conversations with people who are PhD on the Today Show, Good Morning America, you know, all these like big credentials. So I'll go, so do you think it's harder to be a teenager and a parent 20 years ago or today? And everyone's like, oh, it's infinitely harder today for those things that you said. There's, you, there's so many things you have to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And I also think that we're more, um, evolved and like yeah maybe it's not good to just 
beat your kids all the time and yell at them because of the traumas and things that your grandparents went through and that you went. So we kind of like know better. So we put this burden on ourselves, like, okay, like, and like kind of have to walk this tightrope of like, mm -hmm. I want to support them. I want them to be happy. I don't want them to be spoiled and entitled. I want them to have some grit and some resilience. Mm -hmm. So I need to like kind of leverage failure strategically because it's good to fail. Like it, you should want your kids to fail. Like you said in, in soccer, good. Now praise the effort. Great. So what can we do next time? Because it is a lot more one, uh, fun to win. What can yes. we do next time? <laughs> what could be our strategy? How could we stop that one really good player? How could we um, switch our positions to play to different people's strengths? What can I do in the time to maybe develop my off foot so that I'm a better player? So mm -hmm. it's all those things. Because with parents, a lot of times, it's the best of intentions. If you're listening to, to this right now, you are like the 1% of moms who want nothing more than your kid to be happy, your kid to be confident, successful, go on to be just a thriving young adult. But it's, it's hard when you see them lose and get sad or not make the team or uh, get kicked off the cheerleading squad. Like you don't wanna see your kid down and sad and that's why you want to rush in to comfort them right away but it's good to feel that to an extent because you can go like oh yeah i don't want to ever feel this again i don't like yes. the way this is and guess what it's also not the end of the world life goes on and i can handle the adversity and the bumps in the road that are going to come mm -hmm. so I, I just love what you're doing with your kids and especially with the soccer because oh, a lot of parents aren't doing that yeah, thank you. I mean, because, you know, these days everybody wants to win. So, <laughs> and I mean, yes, I want my kids to win too, but I also want them to be okay if they lose because, like I said before, they are very competitive. Even in when we play um, games at home, they want to <laughs> win. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. somebody's got to lose for somebody to win. So let's simmer down and be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for some fun times at home. Yes. <laughs> Good Monopoly games. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. That's what I tell everybody. I don't like playing with my kids. And they're like, but they're so young. Yes, but they are hardcore. They want to be the winners in these games. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I come from a very similar family, and uh, my and my parents as well. They, they, uh, my mom, she's the one who in the board games and stuff. We'll be like, hey, like, you know, take it easy. You're not competitive at all. And and she'll get all fired up. Ah, I'm not. And you're like, she's just dying to win, beat you. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of holiday events have been ended uh, in in shambles. But but we've learned <laughs> and uh, improved our ways over time. <laughs> That's so funny. But um, back to your motivational speaking. So I know you said you only. You mainly deal with like high school kids because that's like the, the sweet spot pretty much because once you get to high school, that's where you're, the kids are evolving and kind of falling into their own. Have you ever thought about, I know earlier you said, you know, moms who are who have kids about 11, I know I do, who are almost there, but not yet, but their attitude tells you like they, they're literally like 20 or 16 years old and you're beating your head on the wall. Like what in the world? Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. So I do, and, and that's that's kind of earlier. So high school was like the sweet spot, and then it kind of shifted to middle school because the kids are growing up so fast, and they're exposed to these, you know, these things. People yes. are having sex. People are doing drugs. There's things happening now at a younger and younger age. Mm -hmm. So I really love middle school now, and um, and have a lot of fun with with that age. And for the moms listening right now, here would be my encouragement. And this was one of the things that I would share with the moms when I was having all those conversations with them one-on-one uh, -on, -one on the phone is give yourself some grace. It is hard to be a mom, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> busiest, I've learned the busiest people on the face of the planet is moms. You have yeah. so many things going, you're keeping the house together, you're running a family, you're dealing with the kids, you're dealing with career, you're dealing you know, with different situations, with relationships. So offer yourself some grace. There is hope, whatever you're going through, there is hope and you aren't alone. So many other people are struggling with the same things that you're struggling with. Your kid isn't just uh, the only one out there having a hard time and you aren't 
a failure. So that's something that I just want to impress on anyone listening right now. And the fact that you're here listening, taking the time to see if you can pick up some tools or some um, skills that can help your child just shows that your heart is absolutely in the right place. And you are a great person who wants to have an amazing family. So um, for that, you're saying beating your head against the wall. Um, that's what I would say on that front. And the other thing that I've learned from so many of these conversations is one of the best recommendations that I can give for, for all the parents listening is start with yourself. Mm. Because so many times the kids' stress and anxiety and the things that they're dealing with are an extension that the mom or dad have anxiety and stress. You know, and so that's being passed along. They're seeing it, they're mirroring it, they're patterning it. So as cliche as it is, go and become the best version of you that you can, because that is going to be one of the most powerful ways that you can have a positive impact on your child. Because whether you realize it or not, even when you think that they aren't, they are watching you, they're going to pattern you, they're going to mirror you. So that expression, do as I say, not as I do, not a good one because they're gonna see like, oh, you're telling me not to be on my phone and we put these rules in place and I have to like read so many pages to earn it and I only get it for, for this amount. But then they see you on your phone, mm-hmm. videos, uh, email and whatever your, your vice is, they're gonna pick that up. So you have to lead by example. And there was this poster I saw one time and it doesn't matter if you're religious or not, but it said, everywhere you go, evangelize the gospel. And when necessary, use words. I thought that was so powerful because it's like you impact people more by the things that you're doing and you walking the walk and not just talking the talk. Right. That is so true. That is definitely true. I do have to say that I think it was sometime this summer or maybe, yeah, I think it was this summer where or last school year where we did that. We would tell the kids, well, you've got to read for 20 minutes and blah, blah, blah. But then one of, I think it was my daughter, my oldest is like, well, you want us to read, but you and daddy are on your phone. And I'm like, well, but then I had to step back. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> kids are smart. They yeah. are. So I had to dust off my book and my Kindle and my husband too. So we would always if we say read for 20 minutes, we would be reading for 20 minutes. And now that actually got me back into reading. Whereas I would get so busy with work and stuff. And when I come home, you know, you just kind of like want to de-stress. So you're watching TV or you're scrolling through it. And then it's like, "Mm, I'm pretty much wasting a lot of time. But when they said that, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's true. How am I telling them what to do? And I'm not even following what I'm telling them. So how am yeah. I going to motivate them to do something? So I went into it and now it's like, yeah, now they read on their own. Yeah. yeah. So now they read on their own and I, and they see me reading on my Kindle. So, you know, now they, they, every time they come home, they get their books to read for 20 minutes without even me saying anything. So that's always awesome. So good. Yeah. A a big game changer for me in my life was when I started speaking Mm -hmm. and when I started working with kids in our teen program. Mm -hmm. And the reason for it was because I'm talking about attitude being everything. I'm talking about all the life lessons that we work with kids on. and, And at the end of the day, having a good attitude for me is so much work. I struggle with it every day, mm-hmm. but because of what they're talking about like, Hey, don't be on your phone all the time. Don't waste your time. Like, like, like handle these situations. Then it forces me and I still, and I still fail all the time, but it forces yes. me to be like, Oh shoot, here's a situation where I can get mad at this lady, not letting me on an airplane, but you know what? I'm wearing the attitude is everything. <laughs> sure. I right have to like hold it together and be an example. And I feel like I learned so much more from working with kids and families from them as they do from me. And I feel like it's like this cheat code of like going and doing this. And it's like, oh, because sometimes even when you're teaching something, it'll hit you totally different later. So I I like that they're holding you accountable and being like, come on, are we a reading family or or not? What's the deal? Right. And when I fall off the wagon, my daughter's always like, well, where's your book mommy i'm like oh god 
gosh. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good for her. I love it. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> but what made you, so I know you said that in the beginning, you, you knew that you wanted to motivate kids. So what made you think to just kind of parallel the basketball and the motivational speaking or what made you want to get into that? Because that's something where you, you have to love to do and you have to love to be in front of people and talking with folks. How did that even start for you? Yeah. So it was that light bulb moment. And then I was like, all right, I got to figure out how do you write a book? How do you write a speech? How do you do these things? Because the, the initial instinct is you want to just go, I want to go step in front of him and start telling them a story about my friend in junior high whose parents divorced. He started smoking weed and how his whole life has been affected to this day in and out of jail, all these things because of one bad decision. But if you go up there, they're not going to listen to that because they have no buy-in. So the, the like self-deprecating humor, the basketball tricks, the throwing out t-shirts and all that stuff is just to honor them, kind of catch them off guard and show them that I'm willing to meet them where they're at. And also they're like, this wasn't what I was expecting. And I thought some guy was going to come out here and tell me not to do drugs or, or, or whatever, you know? And so that, that kind of is just the tool to, to lead me into those conversations that are the heart of it. It's like a, it's like watching a show. You, you got the parts where you're getting serious and you're having things, and then you need a commercial break for a little bit, lighten the mood. And then you go back into it and then a commercial. So, um, yeah, the journey to become a speaker is I, I wrote the book and, and from there, I Googled and found who's the top, you know, you speaker. And then I just annoyed the guy until he would agree to meet with me. I really. And uh, finally he did. And um, and that like helped me learn like and, and save lots of times with failure of just seeing how other people work this type mm -hmm. of business. And then I just put together a thing where I, I said, I'm going to go do a tour in my home state of Alaska. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I had a, a manager who was me in a different email account. <laughs> email them and be like, my client, he's uh, coming to do a tour in Alaska. It's going to be amazing. He's got all these sponsors. And at the time I didn't have any schools and I didn't have any sponsors, but I went up and I went on NBC and ABC and Fox or whatever the other big ones were up there in the, in the big city of Anchorage of Alaska. And pretty soon the phone was ringing and schools were wanting to book me and even got some sponsors. And uh -huh. I was able to go and do like, I think like a 15 or 20 city tour um, in, in the state and learn trial by fire. There's nothing like being up in front of a bunch of kids and it's not going well and having to learn those skills. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing I did was I took the book that I had, had written and while I was up there in Alaska, I drove to every middle school and high school in Anchorage. And then I flew to Fairbanks, the other big city. And I drove to all those schools and took the whole day and just walked in with my book and said, hey, is principal, and then I'd look at my little thing that I <laughs> written down, Principal Johnson, is Principal Johnson here? They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'd love to uh, talk to him real quick if I could. And they're like, who, who are you? Do you have a meeting? I'm like, oh no, but I, I, uh, I'm the guy who wrote this book. I came all the way from California to talk to him. And, uh, and some people kind of blew me off. Some people kind of were like, oh, let me see what I could do. And some people let me in and I had some good conversations and that opened the door and it was terrifying. Um, it was out of my comfort zone, but that's what I was willing to do to make it happen so that I could get footage and get a sizzle reel and, and put together a website, get um, testimonials and recommendations from teachers and students and parents and get experience to, to actually become good at, at it. Um, so, so that's kind of uh, how I finessed getting it going in the beginning, because it's like, if you're, that's something you want to do, you're like, well, why should anybody listen to me? Um, and and I, I remember, I'll, I'll tell you one funny, funny story that just came to mind. I was at some, one of those random schools I walked into and the guy, you know, he humored me. He, I think he was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll, I'll see what this is. And he talked to me, he goes, we just don't have any time. And we, we just don't have any time. And me being a little bit like, you know, like not wanting to hear no. And also like calling some BS was like, yeah, but at the time Barack Obama was the president. But I'm like, if Barack Obama wanted to come and talk to the kids for an hour, you would find time, right? And he's like, yeah, but that's different, which it is. It was a good point. But it's like, my point was that you don't value what I would 
bring to the kids or the community of those things. And that's fine. But I'm just gonna like let you know, like I recognize that that's what it is. You could find time for anything, for your kids, for mm-hmm. perfect relationship or person you want to be with, yes. for your family, it's a choice. Um, and so that was kind of a funny one. And we followed each other on Twitter um, and I, I, I we stayed in touch for a while. And as things kind of got um, bigger and, and, and everything with me, I, I always kind of thought it was funny because I knew he was seeing that. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what he thinks now. I wonder if he'd be able to make time for me now. Me now, right? <laughs> There's a little bit more, you know, going on that's that's cool. Now that the governor of Alaska's endorsing me and, and, and different people. So, but <laughs> it's, it's, that's, he's totally in the right to like, you know, bring in who he wants to bring and not bring in. Like I, I get the decision, but it was just kind of a funny interaction. That was, wow. That's an amazing story. And that's something that these kids need to hear because like you said, you don't have to like get to rock bottom to have a great story. It's knowing yourself, knowing your worth and telling other people about it and like just putting yourself out there and you were able to get your story out there and able to start without someone else helping you. You were able to do it on your own. And that's what a lot of these kids need to learn. It's like, you don't have to, their goal is always, oh, I want to be a basketball player. or I want to be, you know, the most famous singer, whatever, whatever. It's great to have that aspiration, but also it's not going to come like right on a platter. Like, here you go. It takes a lot, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication, which you had. And you were able to go out and tell people about you and you know at the time like you said you didn't have a a manager you had you so you were your own manager you were your own driving force so you did it on your own and that's what and that's really good that kids are hearing this and getting motivated by it because that's what they need to hear (laughs) yeah no i love that it's back to that internet and social media like you said they want instant they want mm-hmm. instant gratification. They want instant results. And as we know, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, as they say. Yes. The harder you work, the luckier you get. You know, it's like every time you work hard, it's like grabbing a lottery ticket. So mm-hmm. so the more you work, the more lottery tickets you have, and then you have more chances that you can get lucky, that they can pull your number, and that you'll actually be ready and prepared so that you can do something with it. And getting those small wins. That's when parents are like, we talk about confidence so much. Well, how do I give my kid confidence? It isn't praising outcomes. You're beautiful, even if they are having an off day. Oh, you're so smart, you're so great. Because I meet these kids and I'm looking at them and they have this totally false sense of confidence. And at one point they're gonna come out of this little bubble and they're gonna see, you're not the prettiest little thing. You're not the smartest. You're gonna have some, you're gonna have some difficult times ahead. And unless that confidence is based in reality, then it's gonna be a long road. And you can only get confidence by earning it. And you earn it by accomplishing wins. And they could be small wins, making your bed in the morning, getting your grade from a C to a B, you know, going up and doing a presentation in front of the front of the class, trying out for the team and not making it, but trying out and going there and showing up, you know, getting those wins and finding like, okay, because I would argue the people that have succeeded on the highest level, the people that we know as celebrities and famous and accomplishing amazing things, they're the people that have failed the most, most oftentimes they just kept going and they saw it as part of the process Mm -hmm. where everyone today is so paralyzed with fear of getting out of their comfort zone and failing because what's everyone else going to think about me, especially as kids, right? It's a heightened in in middle school, especially in high school too. Everyone's thinking about you, but you realize, oh, while I'm worried that everyone's thinking about the shirt that I'm wearing that has a hole in it or the pimple that I have in eighth grade, every kid there is doing the same thing Dang. and about themselves. Yes. So everyone's <laughs> worried about what everyone else is thinking, but they're just thinking about themselves. And, and so it's this funny circle. And we see this into adulthood with the cars that guys drive and the watches that we wear. Oh and it's like, why are you, why are you like, if you really look at like, why is this happening? Oh, you want to impress other guys or you want to impress women. So it's a funny thing. And I, I, I do think that a lot of times us as adults are just big kids still trying to figure it out. So (laughs) one day at a time. Yes, most definitely. But thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. This was very, 
this was motivating me. <laughs> Yay, let's go. Let's go. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, this is, I was very excited to, to talk with you today. And these conversations are always fun. And just for all the listeners right now, or do people watch this or only listen? Um, well, now I started to do both. So I'm going to put right. both Yay. up. So. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's get it out there. We'll be on. on the the interwebs that we've been talking about (laughs) if you're a mom that message that i had earlier give yourself some grace Mm -hmm. it will get better you're not alone you're doing your best you're here listening right now and i think that's so important because moms are so hard on themselves they expect so much out of themselves and so much of this stuff is new territory and it's out of their control you could be the perfect parent and still have a kid that just it isn't connecting right now but as long as you keep investing time at the at the right time because of that time that you've invested they're going to come to you and have the trust to share with you the things that are going on so that's my that's my last little thing and if you want to join our little community that we have um, we have a podcast we go live in facebook in our little group um, every week with different experts and you can ask your questions live and then we also have our programs if you want to have a conversation with us or learn more about those and you can just go to the attitudeadvantage.com slash welcome and we have it all laid out um, for people that come in from podcasts like these so the attitudeadvantage.com slash welcome we'd love to have you join our, our community of of moms the 95 moms um, who are very supportive of each other and it's it's been really cool to grow that awesome thank you so you said attitudeadvantage.com slash welcome perfect boom awesome see you so- there yeah, so for anyone who's listening, all my listeners, make sure to go on. Because I tell you, just this little conversation has gotten me all motivated. Like, oh my gosh, I can do so much. <laughs> yay, yay. I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining me, Jesse. This was definitely, well. like I keep saying, very motiva- motivating. And I really hope that, well, for me, I know I am. And I'm, I'm hoping other parents will hear a lot of this and just take all these nuggets to help with um their kids i know for me i don't have teenagers yet but these middle schoolers are just as tough so (laughs) this information is definitely helpful in talking with our kids and just helping just adding to our toolbox of parenting because a lot of times it's like there's just so much going on and it's great to talk with people like you who have all these great information that we can use to just walk through life with our kids. So thank you. Yes, you as well. All right, moms, keep being lazy or, or no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Keep being unlazy. (laughs) Keep doing your thing. Yes. Yes. Thank Thank you. you. Is there, besides that, um, that website, is there another way that, um, parents who are listening can reach you or just yeah. get more Honestly, information that's the easiest place it has all the things if you want to find different links or schedule calls and all okay. that kind of stuff so that's yeah we put that together just a one-stop shop to make it easy oh nice i like that yeah, yeah. it's always hard when you have like ten thousand links and you're just like oh, yeah God, yeah it's too much just one and you'll find what you're looking for there whatever it is Awesome. So remember attitudeadvantage.com slash welcome. And I just want to thank you, Jesse, for joining me and just giving us all these great nuggets for us to take back in, like I said, our parenting toolbox. Um, yep. And thank you all for listening. And remember to come back next week on an all new episode of Lazy Moms Podcast.